drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi, everyone. We are back this week with a little specialty episode just for you. Welcome to a little bottle service Betches Moms crossover. I was actually on Betches Moms podcast a few weeks ago. I'm going to link it in show notes if anyone wants to give it a listen. And this week I have on Brittany Levine, who is the co-host of the Betches Moms podcast. She's a mom of two, and she's also at the helm of the Betches Moms Instagram, which if you don't follow that account, you need to. It is freaking hilarious. And I mean, I love all of the Betches accounts. I'm a big fangirl over here and was just so excited to bring in Brittany to give us some seasoned mom advice. We're going to talk a little bit about her pregnancy experiences. We'll talk specifically about the third trimester too, since I know that's where a lot of us are right now. We're going to talk about preparing for birth, what to bring to the hospital, and then what to expect once we bring that little babe home for the first time. Because I know I'm very curious about what happens next. (laughs) I actually really love getting advice from real moms who have been there before and can help us give us a feel for what to actually expect. So I hope that you guys enjoy this special little episode. Get comfy and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Parallel, the first and only OBGYN-founded women's vitamin. Parallel bundles together all the daily vitamins a woman needs into one simple packet based on where she is in her pregnancy. Parallel is the only brand that offers targeted prenatals for each individual trimester, which is key because mom and baby require different nutrients during each stage. Parallel has the cleanest formulation on the market and only uses high quality ingredients. Plus their formulation and dosing is meticulously informed by the latest research as well as their founding doctor's clinical insights. Parallel is on a mission to create a world with more healthy babies and supported moms. It has a one-by-one model where they donate a supply of their prenatal vitamins to underserved women across the United States. And in just under a year, they've helped over 5,000 moms. So wherever you are in your pregnancy journey, check out parallelhealth.com and use code BIGKID20 for 20% off your first month. That's parallelhealth.com and use code BIGKID20 for 20% off. All right, guys, welcome back. I am joined now by Brittany Levine. She is the co-host of the Betches Moms podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. I mean, this audience has been hearing me talk about all things pregnancy and I I really like want to bring in more people who have been through this whole thing, who actually have kids, who like know how to do this whole mom thing um, and have a little bit more experience than I do because I'm, I'm, I'm out here winging it. Yeah. You're doing a great job. (laughs) Thanks. Doing doing my best. (laughs) Um, I wanted to give our audience just to kind of kick things off. If you could like tell us a little bit about you, tell us a little bit about bitches, moms, 
I'm a big fan of Betch's moms and I feel like you guys have been personally targeting me through my life because like when I was, when I was a bride, when I first got engaged, you guys had just started Betch's brides mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my God, amazing. And then as soon as I got pregnant, I noticed you guys had Betch's moms. I'm like, this is, you're personally perfect. victimized by Betch's. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So Betch's moms, we started Betch's moms. Oh my God. Was it like, it's over a year ago now, I think September, 2021. Yeah, no, September, 2020. We started oh, wow. it. Yeah. Um, and then we started the podcast in April, 2021. So it's been almost a year and I co-host with Aileen, who's the CEO of Betches. And um, it's been really fun. I run the Betches Moms account. It's you know, I'm actually, I'm the art director at Betches. So I kind of just fell into this because I have two kids. I have a three and a half year old and an eight month old. Um, so I was pregnant with my second when we started the podcast. So it was fun. Aileen and I kind of got to be on that journey together. She was um, a first time mom. I was a, I'm a second time mom. So we just had a lot of different perspectives and um, it's just been fun kind of being able to talk to so many different people and hearing about so many different stories and experiences, because, you know, you really only have your own. And then to hear what everybody goes through, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's what I'm also realizing is I feel like no two people's experiences are the same. No. Like every single person I've talked to has had like some kind of different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was interested. So you, I mean, you've gone through this twice. You've been, you've gone through pregnancies twice yes. now. <laughs> was one easier, harder than the other? Like what was your general mm-hmm. pregnancy vibe? Because this audience knows like I have not been a, not been a fan. <laughs> yeah. It's when I was pregnant with my first, I feel like there's something great about not knowing and just like being naive to the whole thing and just being excited about every step. Um, at least that's how I felt. Um, I, you know, I'm very grateful that I had two very easy pregnancies, knock on wood. There was, you know, there was nothing wrong with me. Um, the babies were healthy. Um, my first pregnancy, I think was a little easier. I felt like I had more energy and, um, my body just felt like it was able to handle everything more. I, in the first trimester, I was nauseous, like pretty much the whole pregnancy. I couldn't eat anything but white carbs, but like, other than that, it was pretty fine. I had a really difficult delivery with Mm. my first one. Everybody, like I was held, like we were all fine. It was just, I had, I was pushing for four and a half hours. And if you want to hear my whole birth story, you could head to Betch's Moms and hear my birth story. Um, but everything was fine. It was just, it took a really long time. Um, and then, so that just made my recovery a little bit more difficult. And then with my second Jack, I felt with my pregnancy, I was way more exhausted because I had a toddler at home. Um, luckily I was able to be home and not having to commute back and forth to the city, but my body was just, I was just exhausted. Like I didn't get the sleep that I was getting the first time around. Um, but my delivery was super easy, pushed him out in less than 10 minutes. Oh, my recovery was so much easier. So, you know, it was kind of a trade-off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I so mean, like two different scenarios, but like generally speaking, I felt my pregnancies were pretty easy. That's good. That's yeah. Good. I know it's funny you say it was like the first one you were so excited going through it. I feel like I'm hoping that my second one will be easier because mm-hmm. I, I'm just like hopeful that I've already now been through. Like I know all of the hurdles that I've, I've been right. through on this one and I just yeah. won't be as shocked. Like even if I have like all, all the same terrible things happen, like I feel like at least I won't have the surprise. Right. And like you, as well. you, you know what's coming. Like each step you're like, okay, I'm going into, like you're going into your third trimester now and you're, you're probably like, what am I about to expect? Or the second time around, I was like, all right, I know how this goes. <laughs> no seriously I mean walking into the third trimester I've been I've been really nervous only because I've heard a lot of people like warn me about the third trimester like so many people are like oh you're in the good phase and and uh try to like just wait just wait it gets really shitty in trimester three was yours was yours like was your third trimester noticeably harder than the other ones or like which one would you say was the hardest I think the For me, I think the first was the hardest because of like the nausea and just like, you're also like mentally in this state where you're kind of like, you know, you're not really telling anybody if that's what you choose to do. So there's like a secret you're keeping and you're not feeling well. And so there's all that that goes along with it. Um, And yeah, the second's great. The third, you're just, you're exhausted and you're just ready for the baby to come out. You're at your biggest point. So you feel like literally everything is like getting out of bed is a chore, literally, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, shaving in the shower is a chore. (laughs) So you can't do anything. Um, So yeah, I think that was it, was it the whole third trimester or like really only the last month? Because so I far, think, I mean, I just entered it yeah. and I feel okay. But like literally I'm on like week one of my third right. trimester. I think that it like slowly just, you just get more and more tired. Like, I don't think there's going to be a switch where you're like, oh, third trimester, it sucks now. I think that it's definitely more of a last month thing. Also, because you're anticipating it coming or like, is the baby coming early? Is the baby coming late? So there's all, it's like another mental mind game. Um, but I think that, you know, I think you're probably going to generally feel how you're feeling now. You're, it's just more about the exhaustion of getting bigger and waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I can only imagine that last month. Cause like I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable now and I, I'm like, oh my God, we've got, you know, like three more months of putting on weight. And I've, I've been like getting, I've been putting it on like a lot, uh, more frequently (laughs) recently. So I'm like, I can only imagine that last, like, four to six weeks has got to be brutal. Yeah, it, it is. And, um, but then it's, it's all worth it. You get a baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I want to get into like those early, early days because yeah. I'm so curious about that. But I was going to ask you, um, one thing I've heard is after you give birth, it's almost like that men in black gun where they like shine a light in your eyes and you forget everything that happened. Like, was that true for you with the birth or the pregnancy or like, what is that? Is there any truth to that? 
You mean like you forget what you went through through pregnancy and birth or you forget what your past life was like? <laughs> no, just pregnancy and birth. Like your mind's not like completely wiped clear. But I have heard like so many people have said like, oh, yeah. after you go through it, like you, you, it's all a blur. Like you don't yeah. really remember all the shit you went through. I think there's definitely some truth to that, especially if you had a traumatic experience. I think your body just naturally wants to forget that um, or maybe not. But I, I there's definitely a truth. Like for me, like I felt there was a trauma behind pushing out a baby for four and a half hours. So it took me a while to actually forget that and forget how difficult that was for me to want to then have a second. Um so I wanted to be really ready. I, there, there's, is a truth to that. There is like you, there are so many things that you forget. And then when you're in it again, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot how much this sucks, but I'm doing it again. Um, but yeah, you're like, like, yes and no. Yeah. I, that's just the thing. I'm like, I, I'm sh- I've just said that like throughout pregnancy, I'm like the fact that we still have a human race like baffles me that like like women do this and like they do it again (laughs) but that's also like okay one thing when you're going through so like I was terrified to give birth I don't know how you're feeling about that terrified absolutely terrified. I was terrified and one thing and we actually spoke about this like the hypnobirthing uh like the part of it that's like not actually hypno just like the the mind games that you play with yourself. It's so true that women's bodies are built to do this and have literally been doing this from the beginning of time and that our bodies just know what to do. And there's, I actually did read that there is some type of um, hormone or something that's released that calms you down Mm -hmm. and just gets you ready. Where like when you're going into it, like you're not even scared. You're just like, okay, the baby's coming. Like, let's do this. And I'm, I have, I battled generalized anxiety. I'm the most anxious person and just going into both of my deliveries. I'm like, okay, it's happening. Like, you know, I went in, I got the epidurals. That was probably the scariest part for me. And it's so fast. It's just, you, you focus, you kind of put yourself into this meditative state of like, I'm just going to be really still. It's going to be over really fast. And I'm going to feel really good because these contractions are not so good. Um, And you really just, something happens and you become super primal and just like know that you're meant to do this and you're going to be amazing at it. Okay. I I really like to hear that (laughs) because I, I, similarly, like I have like generalized anxiety too and like get anxious for everything Mm -hmm. and like walking into a birth, like with so many unknowns to me is just like so scary. And I'm interested like what you did to kind of help you prep for, for that moment. Cause it sounds like you, you were like, Oh, I went into a meditative state. Like, did you like do any research or anything like that before to kind of know what to do? Or it was all kind of natural. No. I like, I, I'm not that person that was like reading all these books before I, I do a lot of online, like article readings and, you know, I have all the different apps that tell you the size of a baby and like baby center and what to expect. And all of that, but I really just, I feel like I tuned more into what I would do if I was having a panic attack or Mm. like what I would do if I was having an anxiety attack and like just talking myself off the ledge. 
and just giving myself this mantra of every woman, every single woman that has a child does this. You're not the first, you're not the last. There's a million people doing it today. There's nothing about this that makes you special. That means that like, you're not going to be able to do this. So like just kind of repeating those things to myself and making me feel like I'm not alone in this, that I'm, you know, I'm capable. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of, I I felt was so helpful. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I kind of like, I think about that sometimes I'm like, maybe I need to do less research. Like I, I, I don't know at what point, like doing too much research and trying mm-hmm. to like do all of this stuff, like actually hinders you. Um, yeah. Cause you almost I, are like overloaded by info. I have to agree with that. And I was saying this, that with my first, I actually really didn't research a lot. I refused to watch a video of a birth. I refused to watch a video of an epidural. Like you know, yeah, I don't want to see that. (laughs) No, like ignorance is bliss. I don't want to know. I know it's happening. I don't want to know what it looks like. I still won't watch a video. Um, but with my second, I had so much more information coming to me, like running Betch's moms and being on the podcast and hearing so many different stories that it was hard for me to, I I felt like I was actually a little bit more anxious because of that. Mm. Um, So I agree with that. Like sometimes just not knowing so much is a little bit better because if you could just think this is, I'm going to go into this, it's going, and it is going to be, you are going to go into it and it is going to be amazing and everything's going to be fine. Um, But I think just not reading too much into it is, is helpful. Yeah. I'm going to be repeating those to myself. Like there are a million people doing this today, you know, (laughs) like you're not the first, you're not the last. I really like that. Yeah, I really like that. Um, This is something I wanted to ask you too, because I know, you know, as we're listening to this, or a lot of us are in the third trimester, we're getting ready for this birth. And um, from your perspective, like, was there anything that you brought to the hospital or didn't bring to the hospital that you Mm -hmm. wish you did? Um, So I definitely, even the second time, overpacked. Um, But let me think about this. I am going um, to seriously <laughs> overpack. You, like you really <laughs> I only, already know. Yeah. So like you're there for two days. You're going to be wearing, you're, you're probably going to stay in the same set of pajamas. You're not changing. Like most likely I did not change. I don't, I'm sorry if people think that's gross. I didn't change. I wore the same set of pajamas for two days. Um, and wearing, I liked bringing a light robe. Because if I was cold and like the stuff at the hospital is, I didn't bring myself a blanket. I brought myself a pillow, um, which was great because their pillows suck. But, you know, they give you a, a light little like sheet at the hospital. Um, oh, that's and then, good to know. Yeah. So definitely. I mean, if you want to bring yourself a blanket, I think it's a good idea. I'm just not that person that like needed to come in with like the comforter and everything. <laughs> like it's fine. Um, bring, you want to bring for the baby. Um, you want to bring them two outfits and a going home outfit. Mm. And also what some people like to do is to bring two different sizes because you don't really know how big your child is going to be. So you might want to, especially for like the going home outfit, if you want to get two different sizes, like a newborn size and a zero to three size, that could be helpful. Like the, I didn't do that, but the outfit that we put on Jack going home was definitely a little too big on him. Um, 
but whatever, it's cute. They're in it for a little bit and then you go home and you change them. Um, but one thing that you definitely want to have is an extra long charger. <laughs> um, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. I would bring, um, an iPad to watch movies or TV shows while you're waiting. You're probably not going to do too much TV watching while you're after you give birth because you're going to sleep any chance you get. And you're also probably not going to sleep that much because you have now a baby to tear. Yeah. Um, the adrenaline I can imagine is real. It, it is real. Um, I would also bring, you know, I have a whole highlight of this on Petra's Moms. I'm like trying to remember exactly what I brought. Like definitely want to bring snacks, bring some coconut water or Gatorade to keeping your bag for after birth. Um, what else? Um, a lot of people say that they like having a fan, like a stroller fan while they're delivering. I didn't have one, nor did I miss having one, but I've had plenty of people tell me that it was their saving grace. So do with that as you wish. Yeah. Um, and also, um, if your husband's, well, I'm assuming your husband's able to stay with you because then those um, rules change. The hospitals now allow the husbands, right? Yeah. Thank, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. So bring him a pillow and a blanket because they don't cater to the husbands and I don't blame them. It's not about the husbands, but we made that mistake with our first pregnancy and like, we didn't have anything for Noah. And he was like, can I have like a pillow and a blanket? And they were like, Tate, like, we don't have extras for you. Oh. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So we brought a blanket and a pillow for Noah, my husband. Um, and what else, what else? Like everybody, like I, I definitely, oh, like face wash. Um, Do you actually shit. like shower there? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, so whatever you would want to bring for that, just like face wash, shampoo, conditioner, toothbrush, toothpaste. There are people that like pack their whole bag with like mascara and makeup. Like I was not putting makeup on my face. <laughs> I was not trying to impress anybody. Um, definitely chapstick because you're let you get really dehydrated. So your lips get chapped and lotion for your face, because I mean, like if you get dry skin, it's just like nice to reapply. If you wear glasses, bring your glasses or contacts, make sure you have extra contacts. Um, this is uh, good intel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you really need minimal. I, oh, I brought, um, I actually, the last hotel that I went to, they had, um, like, hotel slippers that you were able to take so I took them and I brought those with me and they were great to walk around with but you could also just bring a cheap pair of flip-flops that you're going to want to throw out and not bring home with you because the floor is like gross in a hospital hmm. um and like they give you the grippy socks but then yeah. you're but then you're gonna like walk around and like get back into your bed I don't know I guess it depends how big of a germaphobe you are but I was like I need to like put on like a slipper or something like that. Um, but I would definitely for that, I would say something that you don't mind throwing out. Okay. That's smart. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really good. Um, yeah. and I know your, your first is now three and a half. So your, yeah. your first, um, delivery and birth was probably pre COVID times. Yes. And second one was middle COVID times. Middle of COVID. Yeah. Were, were the hospitals, was the experience in the hospitals like different? It was very different with my first, my entire family was there. Oh. And um, 
I didn't, I didn't really miss that the second time around to okay, be that's good. because it's a little overwhelming having like, I have two sisters, Noah has two brothers and then like our parents, it was a lot of people and like everyone gets excited and there's a lot of people in the room. So it was actually kind of nice this time, just having, it was just me and Noah and Jack, the baby and like having that time for ourselves. Um, and then everybody got to come over when we got home. Um, I think I actually liked it a little bit better. And I know, like, I'm sorry that like you, well, you don't have that experience of having your family in the hospital, but I will say it's a little overwhelming when they are there. Okay. That's good to hear. I, I feel like yeah. all of us who are pregnant at this time, like I feel almost bad for us in a way that I feel like mm-hmm. we're kind of getting like the short end of the stick on the whole yeah. experience in a lot of ways. And that's yeah. just like one of them. And I heard, I mean, I was hearing uh, a friend of mine who gave birth like a couple months ago, it was right during like a peak in COVID and they made her wear a mask like the entire time she was delivering. And I'm like, Oh oh my God. Oh, you did. Okay. For like hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't imagine. I feel like that would be so that's just like added uncomfort on top of all the uncomforts. (laughs) You know what? I, I thought it was going to be way worse. So they actually let me take mine. I had mine on for a couple of hours and I had to wait for the PCR test to come back. And once it came back negative, I was able to take my mask off, but I think I was still so anxious that I kept it on anytime somebody was in the room with me. And then there was one point where I was pushing and my doctor was like, take your mask off. Like you could take your mask off. And I'm sure there are doctors out there that like, don't want you to do that. But I have a very good relationship with mine. And I was like, I didn't even realize that it was on because just because you're not thinking about it. Uh, um, so I do, I, I felt like I wasn't really thinking about it to be honest. Okay. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. I just like, I have the visual of like the woman mid labor who's like face is red and strained and sweaty, like trying yeah. to deliver and like also like suffocating on a mask at the same time. I'm like, oh my I, God. Yeah. And especially like having anxiety, you like, picture yourself suffocating and then that increases your anxiety this that's what I was picturing too before but I I really didn't I didn't notice okay that's good that's good to hear yeah (laughs) oh my gosh okay so I want to talk a little bit about you know once baby actually gets here because that's something I really just started wrapping my not wrapping my brain around trying to wrap my brain around yeah um especially with your first baby I mean I'm sure the second one is you know what's coming and you know what Mm -hmm. to do but when that first baby like like how do you even know where to start like did you do anything to prep or any resources like what how did you figure out how to mom yeah so uh I remember the first night that we were alone with Oliver my oldest Noah and I literally it was like it could have been a movie where he was in the bassinet and we were staring at him and we were staring at each other. We're like, what do we do? Literally, <laughs> yeah. we were like, what do we do? And that first night he slept in his docata in our bed. And like, we barely, we didn't even sleep because we just didn't know what to do with him. Um, but I pretty lucky. I have an older sister who had two kids at the time and a couple of friends who had kids And so I had a a few resources that I could uh, reach out to and ask for some help. But I kind of feel like no matter how much advice you get, you just need to do it and experience it for yourself. 
because everybody's different and also every baby is different mm-hmm. and every everybody also has their preferences of how they want to approach taking care of their baby but I think like one thing to keep in mind is they're not as delicate as we think they are and as long as we're feeding them and changing them I think it's and like don't try and put them on a schedule in in that for in those first couple of weeks because you're not putting you're not going to be able to put them on a schedule the first couple of weeks so I feel like if you get that get that out of your mind and you just kind of go with the flow you're doing it you're literally submerged in it 24 7 that after a couple of days you just get have the hand get the hand of it and you just like you know what you're doing and there's going to be new things that constantly come up even now like at, with a toddler every day something is different or every day something is different with my eight-month-old because he's not the same child as my older son so you just you know you read about the things that you need to read about you ask the questions that you need to ask and I know this is probably such a vague response but I really do think it's hard to really I think just like knowing that you can't be so hard on yourself is just the best thing to keep in mind because like you've never done this before like how are you supposed to know how to perfectly take care of a newborn yeah like did they like how do you even how'd you even learn to change a diaper (laughs) like real talk (laughs) so trial and um, error (laughs) i i had changed diapers from my nephews before so i've Uh. done it before um and one thing if I'm sorry, are you having a boy or a girl? I don't know if I'm having a boy. Yeah, okay, you're having a boy. So keep take whenever you t- are changing them, make sure you put something over their penis because they will pee on you. That's not a myth. They absolutely will pee on you. <laughs> so I like to take a wipe and throw it on there because it's like a little weighted and it stays on there. And um, you want to just make sure your wipe if they're if they poop, you're wiping through every crevice. You need to get in there because you don't want to cause any infection. And then you make sure you put some ointment on their butt so they don't get a rash. And every time? Every time. you, I okay. still do. Eight months old, still do it. Really? Yeah, because yeah, because if they poop or, I mean, if they're sitting in their pee too long, it's not as bad. But if they're sitting in poop, they could get a rash. Um, so I just like to, you know. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I just, I just don't even know, you know, I'm like, who tells you like, if you, I don't have an older sister. Like I'm like, you know, the first one in my family to go through this. I'm like, like literally, is there a manual? Like, is there, I don't know. It's just, it's very daunting to me to like not know these Another, like when you're bait, like you don't, you won't bathe your baby. You'll only wipe him down with a a wet washcloth until his umbilical Umbilical cord falls off Mm -hmm. you can't bathe him with the umbilical cord because you have to keep it dry so like you're not even going to wipe it down with a wet washcloth like you're you need to let it dry out so you know it might be two weeks that you're just giving the baby sponge baths which is totally fine and what I would do is I would wipe every couple of days I would wash their head with just like in the sink I would like hold them like a football kind of and (laughs) like let their head run under the sink and put a little shampoo baby shampoo and then rinse it off and then wipe the rest of their body down with a washcloth oh my gosh yeah there's 
so many so many things I just heard about that like you don't bathe them for the, yeah. like recently like someone told me that and my mind was blown I feel <laughs> like, like there's so many things I, I know. don't know I feel like th- that's one of those things that you don't even think to ask until you have to bathe them and you're like wait am I supposed to bathe them like how do I yeah. do this because yeah. like, that isn't something that people really talk about yeah okay this is going to be a pivot of a question but I meant okay. to ask this yeah. um because I've, I've heard some like talk about this on online now a little bit and just like how women like every woman is different in terms of like when they really feel connected to their baby yeah like what was your experience was it the same for both or like when did that like really kick in for you um it's interesting because I remember thinking with my first like I love him I know he's my baby but like you I didn't have this initial like oh my god I'm obsessed with him you know where like I expected that and I didn't feel like that at first um I kind of almost felt I feel like maybe took like a month maybe two for me to fully have that connection maybe less than that but like at least a month where like maybe where it's like I felt more of the connection when I felt like he gave me a response of Mm. some sort where like he knew that I was his mom and like I at least felt like he knew that and I had a similar feeling with Jack like that where I loved him he was my son I wouldn't let anything happen to him but I didn't have that oh my god I'm obsessed feeling like I would look at him and stare at him and be like I love you so much but there wasn't that switch where it was like oh my god I just want to pick you up and hold you like right away (laughs) I really didn't feel that right away and like I think there's probably something there I did I did deal a little bit with um PPA and I guess you could, there's probably some, you know, PBD involved with that. And maybe that's why I felt like that. I don't know if that's normal or not. Um, but I truthfully didn't have that obsessed feeling right away. Mm. I've, I've heard that like more and more recently. And I'm like so happy that people are like coming forward and talking about that. Because if, mm-hmm. if you, I imagine like if I didn't feel that right away, that I would feel really guilty. Yeah, you know, definitely. I I definitely, there's definitely some guilt linked with that. And it didn't even, it wasn't even easier the second time around to like know that it was normal and that I would eventually have this obsession. Um, And I feel even guilty talking about it because like, I'm so obsessed with them now. They're my life. And I mean, they were from day one, but it's just different. Um, but yeah, like you definitely shouldn't have that guilt and know that that bonds might take some time. Yeah. I think that's good to hear. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about your like PPA experience. Mm-hmm. And I think I was actually listening to a Betches Moms episode that was really good. You had on um, uh, like a, a, psycho- a psychologist, psychiatrist. Dr. Lakshman. Yes. Yeah. Really, really good. Great. Yeah. yeah. I might link that episode in our show notes, just like send people there if yeah, they want to sh- um, listen to that episode. But yeah. one of the things you guys talked about that, and I had, I had never heard of this, um, was dysphoric, what is it? Dysphoric milk ejection where you can actually like, like um, breastfeeding can actually lead to like these feelings of depression. Yeah. It's dysphoric. Um, 
I forgot, let me, I think it's in here. It, the name of it is dysphoric mild, it, is it mild ejection or milk? I think that was, yeah, dysphoric milk ejection. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we can okay. talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Demer is a short for it. I didn't know it was a thing. I had it with my first. And um, if you were, if you choose to breastfeed, there's um, a letdown where the, it's just a period where your milk knows to come in. Um, mm-hmm. And this is before every feed. So I felt it the most when I was pumping. Um, and you, when you put the pump on, there's a period where it like stimulates your breast to like get the, the letdown. And during that period, you, I got like a really intense rush of anxiety where it feels like literally that like not in your stomach and you just want to like throw up and everything is pissing you off and you just hate everything. If anybody talks to you in in that five minute window, you're, you will not be nice to them. I used to have to bite my tongue because a lot of times I was pumping, I'd be in bed with my husband and he doesn't really understand like what's actually going on. And he'll, he would say something to me or talk to me. I'd be like, I can't talk to you right now. Like I will say things that I don't like. So just don't talk to me right now. And then it just goes away. It's like, it was like a five minute period and it would happen every single time. Um, and it was the weirdest thing. And I thought that it was normal with my first, I just thought it was something that happens. Like, okay, this is part of breastfeeding. And then I was watching Ariel Charnas' story, something maybe, and she was talking about it, that she had it. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually a thing. I didn't know that this wasn't normal. Um, so it actually made me feel better that there was a name to it. I never even thought to ask about it or talk about yeah. it. And then with when it happened with Jack again, I was just like, okay, like this is happening again. I know what it is. I felt like it affected me a little bit more the second time around because I had more anxiety. Um, so it just made things worse. But um, yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. That's So it would only last for those like five or so minutes. But what I guess like uh, what I didn't realize um, until I, you know, started having friends that were having kids is like yeah. how many times you're breastfeeding a day, Yeah, you know? So it could be like, what is it? Like 10 to 12 times? <laughs> Maybe a I'm lot. exaggerating. It's a lot. No, you're not exaggerating. It's a lot. So um, if you're feeling that every time, like that could, I feel like that would be emotionally tolling. It's, it is. It definitely is. It's not easy. It's, um, especially if you're somebody who's, who battles anxiety or depression, it's not a nice feeling. Yeah. Is there anything like once you learned what it was, was there anything that you could do for it? Or you just, you kind of just knew that it was going to be a thing every time that you breastfed? Yeah. I think it's just a thing every time. Um, I knew that it would be a thing every time. And that was really, sometimes it was worse than other times. Um, and that was really it. Mm. How long did you end up? Cause I, like I could, I would imagine if, if it was, if that was happening to me, like that would probably hinder my, the amount of time that I would yeah. be able to breastfeed. Um, were you able, like how long did you do it for both your pregnancies or for my first? first yeah. For my first, I did it for nine months or nine and a half months, something like that. Um, and I was breastfeeding way more often than I was pumping. So I think I felt a little less. And from what I remember, I feel like the Deemer wasn't as intense the older he was. Um, okay. From what I remember. With Jack, I only, I was 
pumping like 85% of the time. And I did it for four months. So, okay, so I it, just, it, it was worse when you were pumping versus when you were just breastfeeding. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's something to it with, I don't know, with like actually having the baby there, who knows, but yeah, I'm like, I'm now, you know, obviously third trimester, like now yeah. in this stage where I'm like learning about breastfeeding, mm-hmm. I'm honestly like, I'm, I'm on the fence about it. Like I'm, I'm wondering if I'm one of those people who just doesn't breastfeed. Yeah. I don't know. And that's totally fine. I, I think that if you know that, um, you know, I know that you've had some uh, battles with depression during your pregnancy and -hmm. you know that you're somebody who's prone to anxiety and depression, maybe that's not a bad idea. And I think that to be that aware and to know that it might not be the right thing for you and your baby, I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's totally fine. Yeah. That's just what I'm learning now is there's like, there's options in all things. Like when it comes to like pregnancy, birth, Mm-hmm. how you're raising your kid like there's just more options than I knew of like I just thought I just assumed like you you got to breastfeed like that's what yeah. you have to do and I, I've now heard some stories of like people who are like no I went on formula right away yeah I like, have huh. like my friends are very 50 50 split like some of my friends literally didn't even try breastfeeding and they just went straight to formula and they're like nope I'm good I'm not doing that I'm like okay and then some of my friends they tried it. They didn't like it. Some of my friends stuck with it for over a year. You know, it's not for everybody. There's nothing wrong. If you don't want to breastfeed there's, that's what formula is for. Formula is amazing. There are so many different formula options out there. Mm, So good to know. Yeah. I'm just something I've been thinking about recently. It's not like a done deal yet. And I I might be one of those that like try, like I I might have to try it. You know, yeah, like maybe just like try it. Like even when you're yeah. like try it if you want. If you're like, oh, I'll see what this is like. What's all the fuss about? <laughs> yeah, and like watch me love it. Watch me yeah. be breast being one of those like ones that like breastfeeds their kids while they're in kindergarten. You know, you <laughs> might that might be you. <laughs> Could see that journey for me. <laughs> um. Okay. So before we wrap things up, I did want to ask you, and I know this is like a super, uh, probably hard question to answer, but. If you could give like three of your biggest pieces of advice for our moms to be out there, what would it be? Okay. First, and we kind of went over this is don't be so hard on yourself. Don't read something and think that that's what you have to do. And it's going to go exactly that way. You need to read something and kind of just use it as a guideline for something that you're going to do and tweak it your own way. Because I will say, I tried to follow things way more strictly with my first. And with my second, I kind of just like, oh, whatever. Like, he's eating more than two ounces of food. And, you know, whatever. He's hungry. Like, okay, who cares? You know, just like do what works for you. So that's one. Um, Two is, and like a lot of people might not agree with this, but I think that getting your child on a sleep schedule is really important, especially as a working parent. I think one thing that um, a lot of people think when they hear sleep coaching is you have to let them cry and I'm not going to let my baby cry. Well, I never did cry it out. I never let my child cry. And both my kids are amazing sleepers. 
And I did, that's one thing that I did do a lot of research on. And I asked for a lot of help on, I, you know, used sleep coaches and I was very vocal about the fact that I wasn't going to let them cry. So I just think there's a lot of options out there. And I think, especially if you're a working parent, like you need your sleep to be a better parent. And mm. so like there, and like, and I think that putting your kids on a schedule just sets them up like later in life to like kids need schedules. They need routine. And I just find that, I mean, look, it works for me. It, that Maybe that doesn't work for everybody, but I think that's a piece of advice that I'd like to share. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But the, for the real, before we get to your third one, yeah, like the sleep, that is like one of the things I think also is probably one of the most important pieces like of this whole puzzle I'm like oh my mm-hmm. god if I don't learn if I don't learn anything else like I want to learn how to sleep train this kid yeah. early on um I know you mentioned sleep coaches so like mm-hmm. what is that what does that look like is that like a a night nurse situation or so like- there are sleep coaches out there that actually will come to your house and do it for you yes there are people that do that um when I used a uh, sleep coach I just spoke to, I spoke to them on the phone. I used the same girl twice when my older son had an 18 month regression, but, um, I would call her, I would text her. She would tell me what to do. And then also with that, I maybe like added in a little bit of something of like my own flair to it. Um, but you know, I made sure that I had all the information that I needed. And I spoke to somebody who had done this before and knew, like the the answers to the questions that I had being that every kid is different. Um, you know, just knowing the tools that you need to start off like the dark room, a sound machine, a comfortable temperature, um, you know, and just like how, and basically really like too long didn't read. It's all about feeding them during the day, but that's like a whole other episode. We have, we have so many episodes <laughs> on sleep. We have um, one coming out with the, the, um, the author of 12 hours sleep by 12 weeks, um, which it, that's actually a book that I read that I highly recommend. I was going to um, ask you if you, if you read anything that like helped you with that process, 12 hours sleep by 12 weeks. And then with Jack, I did a little bit of the mom's on call method. I kind of hybrided it a little mm. bit. Um, and they have an app mom's on call for sleep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. A lot of people have yeah. slid into my D my DMS with that recommendation. Mom's on call. Yeah. Yeah. They're good too. Yeah. Um, but also happy to give you more information about this and like what I did. Um, yeah. So that w- was my second piece. And then um, my third piece. Oh, God. Um, I guess just like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. Like, we're not meant to do this alone. Like, if, if you have, hopefully you have the help out there and like you could ask for it, I, I would, whether it's a friend, a family member, or reaching out to a stranger, ask yeah. for help. That's like one of the coolest things I'd say. And maybe something that surprised me about this, like pregnancy journey uh, yeah. is just like the community of women and moms and people who have been through this, like everybody is so willing to help you. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've put up a couple things like on Instagram, like how like miserable I am and the amount of like strangers that will like reach out to me and be like, I went through this, try this, try this. Like, this is what worked for me. Like it, everyone is just like so helpful. Um, so helpful. And it's like, it's amazing. Like I wasn't expecting it. Like how, how good of a community, I guess, I guess we're all kind of like, 
in this together and probably nobody has it super easy. So everybody, once they get through it, like wants to help. I don't know. Yeah. I also feel like there's a little bit of this mom's club where it's like, oh, you're doing this. You're, I, I understand where you're coming from. Let me help you. And like, it also feels nice to kind of return, like kind of pass on the, uh, what's it, what's that saying? The, the <laughs> pass the torch, pass on the, Passing the torch. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, people helped you and now you're helping other people. I remember when I was having issue, a little, a couple of issues with, um, breastfeeding my second, I reached out to Megan Root because we had ha- had her, she's, um, what's it called? She's the, she does the sculpt society and we mm-hmm. had her, she's great. She's um, a dancer and a personal trainer. And, um, she was having a lot of issues with the same things I was. And I reached out to her and she was sharing links with me about things that helped her. And it was just, you know, it was so nice to basically like talking to a complete stranger almost and they're completely helping my life on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I mean, even yeah. like I, I'm still obviously going through this, but I I've had like some new listeners come in and they're, they're like in their first trimester having like really hard times. And I'm like, I was there. I know. Like, trust me, it's going to get, you know, it's going to get better. So you're right. I think like you, it, it is a good feeling to know, like once you've gone through something to like pass it along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I love what you guys are doing at Betches Moms. Um, you are such a great resource. And if anybody wants to learn more about you guys, listen to you guys, like where can we find you? Yeah. So you could find the Betches Moms podcast on Apple or Spotify. Did I say Betches Brides? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you say I really don't know. I don't know. My brain is <laughs> it's so okay. much. No Betches Moms. You are, you are doing amazing, sweetie. Um, so you could find the Betches Moms podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow us at Betches Moms on Instagram. And if you're DMing with us, you're most likely speaking with me. And um, please, like any questions or advice that you might need, I will, you know, I try to sift through the DMs as much as possible, but I'm there to talk to you. Awesome. I'll be sliding into your DMs very soon. Please do. Please do. (laughs) Brittany, thank you so much for being here today. Loved having you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And I hope that you feel good. You're going to be so great. I can't wait to hear about your birth story and just, you know, seeing pictures of this little guy. I'm really excited for you. Oh, thank you. I'm excited too. I'm excited for him to be out and in my arms. (laughs) I I, I get that. (laughs) 